That's that's a 33% fake sick day percentage. I think that's pretty high. Podcast, the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape dot network. I almost said the Geekscape <laughs> Games Network. We don't have our own network. Um, I am Courtney Dossett, uh, here as always, and with me is the other as always, Derek Kennebel. Hey there. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Wait, it's not I like sense we've... some hostility in here. <laughs> no, don't your, be hostile. As always. <laughs> no, as always. As always. <laughs> no, we're um we're what would you call us i don't know steadfast we're like those pillar statue guys in lord of the rings that guard that one river with the no we're the load we're the load bearing uh... (laughs) we're the lodestones (laughs) we're the lodestones of the podcast um yeah so we've got a an exciting podcast for you this week sorry how do you you know when we haven't done it yet Obviously, it's like those be... are some like I don't know if I can live up to that now. <laughs> okay, it's a I lot thought, of pressure. I thought we they were might fine. I have to go. You and I do so well. Yeah, no, we usually do. No, we're fine. We're good. Uh, no, it's. I mean, there's some exciting things that happened this week. Uh, there's been. A, it's been like there was a kind of a lull of news, and I feel like there's a good chunk of news this week. Um, that some of it I'm quite excited for. So there's some random things happening in gaming right now that don't really make sense to me. There's good news. <laughs> there's good news. There's bad news. Somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> this news that falls in the middle. Yeah. Um, but before we dig into all of that, we do want to talk about uh, our seed and spark campaign that with stalking Lavar. Uh, our dear friend Heidi, who contributes a lot to the network, is trying to make a movie and try and raise short money. Film. Short film. That's a short, movie. Short film. That's a movie. It's a short. It's a short movie. I'm gonna be real honest. I'm a pleb. I don't know. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's a movie. Technically, it's a short film. Um, it sounds like it's a cool story. Sounds like. It's going to be interesting. I feel like it's worth uh, worth some monies. So you should check out the seedandspark.com slash fun slash stalking of our hashtag story. We'll have the link in our show notes if you want to go check it out. As of recording, we're a little over halfway meeting our goal. Uh, and when this gets posted, you guys will still have about two weeks to contribute if you're up for contributing. Just over two weeks, yeah. Just over so two weeks. Head there. There's a nice campaign video that kind of details a little bit about what the goal of the project is. Um, it's a it's like a joint venture between uh, Dweeb Darlings, which is uh, Heidi's company, uh, Geekscape. Uh, Jonathan will actually be directing the short film and is the co-writer on the short film, uh, and also a company called Fawn Industries, um, which is a dude 
that uh, he's like produced on Star Wars and a lot of other things, actually. Um, <clears throat> uh, Funko Studios, sorry, Funko Studios, Guardians of the Galaxy, BattleBots, a lot of cool stuff on there. Um, but yeah, yeah, that uh, link that Courtney mentioned a moment ago will teach you a little bit more about it. Um, it's it's really about like female representation in film. Um, the story is about a uh, about a woman trying to find her independence while grieving the loss of her father. Um, it's it's you know it sounds it sounds out of the box for what Jonathan typically does and typically directs, but uh, he has assured us that there is a lot of comedy and, and a lot of geek elements in there as well. Um, I, I I donated a little bit of cash a few weeks ago. I am excited to see it happen, and I hope it does happen. And uh, there's a lot of cool perks as well. Um, they kind of revamped the perks a little bit too. Um, you know, everything from copies of the film to shout outs to Geekscape t-shirts, including our new t-shirt, the Don't Hate Create shirt or that Wyvern shirt, which I've got a lot of comments actually on both of those shirts um, in the past couple of weeks since Comic-Con. You can even, uh, one of the um, one of the uh, uh, performers in the film will be Jonathan's brother, who is former WWE and current Lucha Underground superstar Paul London. Um, you can get a voicemail from him. There's even a perk, and I would fucking love this. This is pretty incredible, but he will cut a promo on you, which would be the fucking coolest thing ever. <laughs> um, but I don't have $200 US to donate to it, so I'm really I'm really kind of disappointed in that because that sounds fucking awesome. Um, yeah, tons of stuff. Um, tons of cool stuff on there. I think it sounds like a really cool project. It sounds like an important project, Yeah. Um, and I would love to see it happen. So... That link again, seedandspark.com slash fun slash stalking LeVar hashtag story will take you to the Seed and Spark campaign. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry to take over that. No, but, that's good. Uh, Thank you for yeah. helping me. I'm terrible at <laughs> sure. this sort of thing. The only other thing I want to <laughs> add in is um, if it matters to you, and maybe it should, uh, this project also is a very inclusive project. Um, there's a female lead who's obviously star of the show, but also there's a lot of cast and crew who are female. Um, and it's also a very, well, not, you know, it's more racially diverse than a lot of projects you see. So they have a Hispanic director, they have Hispanic and African-American cast members. It's not just, you know, a typical, typical Hollywood production. I also hear there will be no plastic straws on set. Oh yeah. Fuck plastic straws. Save the I, turtles. I didn't actually hear that, but I think that they should I come I feel like, that. uh, Jonathan, when you hear this, cause I know you listen diligently, uh, if, I, he he does though he texts he me does. almost every episode. He does. Yeah. I don't get text messages, but I'm glad you do. Um, I feel like if you can promise me that you will have no plastic straws and reduce your your plastic waste, I will I will look and see how much more I can donate. Cause I yeah, because that's important. I feel like that's an important thing. Put that out there. Get us get us eco nerds in there. I do feel like that's important. I worked in the film industry for just over a year and. I truly do miss doing that sort of work, but I was doing PA work um, when I first moved to Vancouver. Um, I don't do it anymore, and I feel like I am constantly, I still think about it a lot and getting deep here. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I instantly noticed is how wasteful a lot of the, um, a lot of those productions are. Like there is a, 
and it's not so much the productions like they like a lot of the better productions I've been on they set up bins for garbage and for compost and for recycling and then almost every crew member just dumps every single thing into the garbage bin um, and then either it's up to the PAs to sort it out or there's no time because it's you know you have a lot to shoot and only so much time um, it doesn't get sorted out at all and everything ends up in the trash and so um a couple of the film projects that I worked on, I like myself and a couple of the other PAs like really took it to like, like we, we would try to fight for extra PAs to hang out by the trash, to teach the people like, here's where this fucking thing goes. And here's where this thing goes and stopping such a piece of shit. We only have one planet. And, uh, <laughs> uh, by the end of those productions, actually, like we actually saw people starting to use the correct bins. And then I worked with a, some of those same, like, grips or lighting people or whatever on another like on projects afterwards and they were actually at the point where they were sorting through themselves at that point so good i don't i don't really know where that story came from or where it was going but uh, i like it Tell yeah, more. but uh you know you can make a difference don't be a piece of shit people we only get one planet don't be don't be a piece of shit <laughs> oh goodness uh what games have you been playing this week Derek? Um, so I've actually played a lot and it's been the last, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks since the last episode, but, um, the last episode, uh, we talked about, um, the new additions to Xbox backwards compatibility, which is something that I'm such a huge fan of. And like, I don't even know why, cause I don't go back and play a lot of those games, but I played a few and, and them having this commitment to like preserving, you know, and, and it's at an interesting time cause it, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's been in the news a little bit lately that Nintendo has kind of been attacking and taking down like ROM sites that host Nintendo ROMs for NES and for Super Nintendo and, and whatever. And it, it's kind of this interesting like argument because, a lot of these games, there's no other way to play them. Like you can download an emulator and you can download a ROM and you can play it in, in perfect, like, like perfectly, or you can not play it because their current products like the switch don't and won't have a virtual console. So, um, or at least at this point. And so it's an interesting thing, but Xbox has been really like, they're adding constantly adding games, whether it's Xbox or Xbox 360 games to backwards compatibility. And last, um, last episode we talked about the silent hill hd collection uh, <laughs> and silent hill homecoming getting added to backwards compatibility um so i picked up and it just just so happened that xbox i think it's still on but they've got this big like summer games sale going on right now yeah, um so the silent hill hd collection was on sale for like seven canadian dollars or something like that so like 40 cents american or something <laughs> um and so i picked up a copy put a couple of hours into silent hill 2 um oh it's it's like like instantly i was like bat like those games are so well written and so atmospheric and just so like fucking like terrifying um just from like just atmosphere wise like i'm not even super into the story yet and how horrifying that can be but like just atmosphere wise it's like fucking just like i was right back into it like instantly and and those hd collections were notorious for being pretty much the worst hd like that they came out at a time so it's an xbox 360 game that is now backwards compatible on the, the xbox one um came at a time when there was just, you know, HD remaster after HD remaster after HD remaster. And this one specifically was widely regarded as one of the worst ones. And and a lot of the reason for that is 
Konami hired a newish developer to to convert it, and and it was a developer that didn't have a lot of budget associated for this. But also, Konami like lost the source code at some point, and so the company was working with, or the the developer is working with unfinished code, and so they had to largely finish the games themselves. And it shows right from the get go. Didn't um, we talk about that before? And I was fu- like, how the fuck do you just? Lose? I think we did. Yeah, I think we did. But yeah, so like. Like I'm walking into Silent Hill and there's like a welcome to Toluca Lake or one of the locations and, and the signs all in comic sands and it's just like, holy shit, this is awful. <laughs> this looks awful. Um, and like the, the fog is re- like instantly noticeable how weird the fog is. Like as you move side to side, like it, like, cause it's like the old tank style controls where you like left and right will rotate your character and then forward and back, like you can walk and stuff like that. Um, uh, but there's a couple of control options. But when you turn, in any case, the fog kind of turns with you, and it just looks super unnatural. And that was not the case in the original game. So these are the, you know, really this is the worst version of one of the best psychological horror games of all time. But that said, like, you know, even bad pizza is still pizza, and so it's still fucking great, and it's still creepy as shit. Um, so I've really enjoyed the couple hours I put into that. Um, it's also a reminder, I think, of just how much, like, And I guess, you know, really this is an original, this is a PS2 game. So this is a game from, I can't remember when Silent Hill 2 came out, like 2002 or something like that. But um, graphics have come so far in that time. And sometimes playing these older games and these older remasters are like just reminders of, of how good, like how much games needed to do to like like i feel like things like story and things like atmosphere were almost better back then because they needed to like they needed to grip you in other ways because they didn't look good um i don't know i've i've had a really good time with it so far worth totally worth the seven dollars canadian i don't regret (laughs) it at all um and silent hill like silent hill 2 i've played through a few times silent hill 3 which is also included in that collection i've only played through once and so i'm really looking forward to jumping back into that one because i just remember it had a freaky as shit like amusement park and there was weird bloody like bunny like uh like characters mascots at the amusement park and stuff like that Uh, (laughs) thanks derek for putting that into my dreams uh mostly i just want to watch courtney play it mostly i just want to see courtney no fucking um aside aside from that aside from that uh I mentioned briefly last week that I started a Switch uh, independent title called Golf Story, and I have put a few more hours into that title. And if you don't own Golf Story on the Switch, you should pick it up. It's like super cheap. Um, I think it was, I, and I'm I could be totally wrong here, but I think it was made by one guy, um, similar to how. Uh, Stardew Valley was like made by a single developer and is one of the fucking best games like pretty much ever. Have you played Stardew Valley yet, Courtney? No. Courtney, you should pick up Stardew Valley on your Switch. <laughs> I haven't had time to play. <laughs> so the Switch, I don't know if you know, but you can put it on the dock, but also you can <laughs> take you. it off the dock and take it with you. Well, and it's a only <laughs> Stardew Valley is like the best game like Michaela who didn't really play games but like that was her gateway drug into like playing more video games she played Stardew Valley for more than 120 hours and like the last game I I don't know if I've ever played a game for 120 hours like even I think my total playtime in World of Warcraft which I played on and off for like two years total playtime was like three and a half days so not 120 hours I did it I did it wrong you did it wrong. If you only if you played less than 120 hours of Warcraft 
or wow and you and that's and you played for a long time like you you were doing your own well i jumped in and out because i was trying to graduate high school and i also had an almost full-time job yeah you're um, doing it wrong i honestly i would love to get back <laughs> into it i would love to get back don't into that don't game. put that on me i, I wish that they would do a console version is what i wish oh. um just because i i don't know i don't have a gaming pc like my laptop is from 2013 it's like an old macbook pro um, I would love a console version because I prefer playing games on consoles. But yeah, uh, but yeah, Not Golf Story, unbelievable. I, again, if you ever played those old uh, Mario Tennis or Mario Golf games on the... I can't remember if they were Game Boy or Game Boy Color, but they very much played like RPGs and there was a story and blah, blah, blah. It feels like that and it feels like, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's just super cool. You're, you're playing this story and you're... <laughs> Did you're you? playing this story and you're playing <laughs> golf hence the title the story. golf story you're playing the uh, story though <laughs> but Derek, are you playing a story you're playing a story and you're playing golf at the same time that's why oh i like God. wrestling because it's sports with a story and this game really connects with me because it's the same thing okay sports i do want to i do want to interject something non-gaming related oh, yeah shocker. please um i did last week whilst on my canadian vacation 2.0 watch couple episodes of glow oh you know, wasn't it great i'm real into it uh, did, uh, i want the hair to be bigger i feel like her hair is not big enough did you, were you watching just season one or what did you where season did you start one. i like yeah. i think i think we only got like two or three episodes in yeah uh it's... but i need I, I need to watch more of it which is weird. <laughs> um, i think it's one of because it's not it's just not i mean it's it's got this pro wrestling background but it's not about that at all no no and it's i love it I'm so excited. Yeah, like, season two is, and season season goes. one was fucking perfect, and season two is even better. And oh. there's so many like, there's just so many interesting, like deep background stories that you can just dig into, and it's oh, it's so good. And it got nominated for three Emmys, which was unbelievable. Um, like like uh, what's her name? Like Betty Gilpin got nominated for like best actress or best supporting actress or something. She plays Liberty Bell. Um, because she has kind of an even bigger role in season two, I think. And just some of the scenes in, in season two were like some of the best seasons of TV that I've seen in years. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, up next, you'll be coming to my house for SummerSlam next Sunday. Sure. Next Sunday. Yeah, just drive up. Come watch SummerSlam. Yeah, I'll just quit my job. August 19th. I keep getting told to do that anyway. Just quit your job. I mean, you maybe you have sick days, and and I've, I've used no. I've actually called out of work now <laughs> three times already. Wow! Two of them were legit. One of them was me being an <laughs> asshole. That's that's a thirty three percent fake sick day percentage. I think that's pretty high. <laughs> I mean, you only get four. Uh, but in a whole year? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. My yeah. work gives you ten. You get four call outs, and then you're done. That's retail. Yeah, we get 10 sick days. Yeah, um, well, you live in a country that cares. Six of them. Uh, sick days are not mandatory whatsoever, actually. It's the oh, company. really? Yeah, sick days, you don't have to get any sick days. Um, or you can get, like, sick days, like, I think sick, a certain amount of sick days are mandatory, but there is absolutely no guidance for paid sick days. Oh, yeah, um, like we're not work. paid. Yeah, we get eight, eight out of our 10 sick days each year are paid for, so... Um, that's pretty, I feel pretty lucky to be in, in that. That's uh, so nice. Yeah. That is we, really nice. They we got so derailed though. <laughs> and they do <laughs> on top of that. So typically, um, <clears throat> so the company does very well and they're very, 
uh, they're worth a lot of money. And so they always like celebrate around Thanksgiving and, and in Thanksgiving, the head office is closed or yeah, American Thanksgiving. Um, the head office is of course closed for the entire week. They give the, instead of just being off the couple holiday days, they take off the whole week and they're closed for the whole week. And so nice. I feel like with most companies that is like, Oh, a benefit of you, you work at head office. So you get more benefits than us, but they actually expend that to even the retail employees. So, um, well, obviously the store can't be closed, but they actually give you an additional three paid days off in the year that you can take whenever you want. So oh, it's wow. like, Hey, we we're doing well and, and we're closed for Thanksgiving. So whenever you want to take three extra vacation days, basically you can do that. And that's so that's so cool. That's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but sports with a story, like $12. You should get into that. Um, uh, <laughs> Courtney, play uh, all these games and quit your Courtney. job and come watch this terrible movie with me and also watch glow. Come watch SummerSlam. Maybe you'll really like it. I'm we always honest, have snacks, not. but I do like snacks. We always have, we always have, we always have snacks. I mean, There'll be beer. you lost me. You lost me at wrestling. You got me at snacks. So I feel like what's interesting about that is that I've had people over before that are like, "Oh, wrestling is dumb. It looks dumb, but I'll come to hang out." And then they're like, they leave, and they're like, "That was way better than I expected it to be. <laughs> I really enjoyed that." Um, but it's like one of those people. things where, and I was like it too. But before I started, I was like, "Why would I ever do that? That's stupid." Are you a child? And the answer is yes, I am a child. I mean, I fully will acknowledge and recognize that I am five, but like my five-year-old me does does not like. I've watched wrestling. I'm just I don't know, but I like snacks. Anyways. I like beer, and I like you guys. So right, sounds perfect. Three out of four. Three out of four things. So seventy seventy-five percent right there. That's a C, but I'll um, take it. So aside from that, I got back into, and this we'll talk about a little bit during the news, but. Um, I watched a panel for just this past weekend. There was a panel at QuakeCon for Fallout 76, and they revealed some new info about that. And that made me really excited. And so I started playing Fallout 4 a little bit more, um, put a number of hours into that over the past week or so. And uh, fuck, that game's good. Um, <laughs> I kind of fell out of it for whatever reason the first time I played through it <clears throat> or the first time I started playing it. And, and I think it's a largely like... They added a lot of new mechanics like shelter building and, um, you know, you had settlements that you needed to protect. And I feel like I didn't care about that at all. But there are these is this there are these elements that are always calling for your attention. And so I'm largely just ignoring that as much as possible this time and just going for the actual like story missions and everything like that. And it's become much more enjoyable because of that. And, and so I'm, I feel like I'm making more progress rather than just like, Oh, this settlement needs help. This settlement needs help like over and over and over again. Yeah. So I feel like I'm actually making progress. And so I'm much more into it this time. Um, and also I downloaded fallout shelter again on mobile and Holy shit. That game's addicting. Have you played fallout shelter? No, I, yeah. Can you just do me a favor and just download Fallout well, Shelter on your phone? Here's the thing. I think I did actually download it because that's the one where it's like you're in the vault, but it's like the vault's been cut in half and you're looking at it partly underground. Yeah, you are the overseer and you got to build rooms yeah, and no, make I sure it's stocked. It. And... I tried really hard because I wanted to, but I what? just couldn't. So, yeah. No. Michaela put uh, like 100 hours into fucking Fallout Shelter as well. I don't know how you guys do that. <laughs> I don't know. I, what do you mean, you guys? I don't. I'm you not do a part shit of that. Like that? Like, that was all her. You huh? we've done that with other things. I I don't think I've ever played a video game for a hundred hours. No, but I mean, like you put That's a lot more time and effort into mobile games than I do. 
So I feel like I, I always do, forget I about do, I disagree with that because I feel like I will download a mobile game and I'll be like, this is really good. And I'll play it nonstop for a day or two days and then I'll never open it again. Oh, you know what I downloaded just for you? I downloaded no, I Life is Strange just for you on my phone. Oh, shit. But I haven't. Did you play it I yet? I haven't played it yet. I'm going to. Oh, you got to play I'm it. I'm going to do that for you. I, I downloaded some other there's tap a, tap uh, things, but that's not th- There's a Life is Strange panel coming up at PAX as well, and I'm so excited I for know, it. I know. You told me I'm so excited yeah. for you to be excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so Bit of Fallout 4, Bit of Fallout Shelter. Uh, this other game that I bought some time ago but never had an opportunity to actually get into, but it's called Hidden Agenda. Um it's a PlayStation 4 game. It's made by Supermassive Games, and so they are the company that developed, uh, what's it called? Um, oh my god, it's, it's a game that I really liked. It's a, it's like a it's like a slasher film. Um, let me see. Holy crap! Supermassive Games. Until Dawn. Until Dawn. Yeah. So they developed Until Dawn, um, and Until Dawn was like one of my favorite PS4 games, and it's like. It's like a choice based. You're basically in like a scary movie where there's a, a slasher and a number of other things, and you got to try to keep as many people alive as possible. Um, this is a game. This was one of the first game in games in Sony's like PlayLink, um, uh, PlayLink like brand, which is all these games that are meant to be more social. You're supposed to play them in a group. Everyone kind of controls the game using their cell phones. Um, yeah. I want to play this game with you. uh it was pretty cool it's like so it's like a it's like a crime drama basically it just feels like a movie it's a serial killer Uh, video game why didn't you text me about it immediately (laughs) i thought we were friends i i don't know i it was actually jake's idea to play so that's even worse (laughs) and it's so one thing that i love about it is that like when you if you go to a because so you download an app for the game. So in this case, it was like the Hidden Agenda app, and that's how you control it. So you can move your cursor. It becomes like a trackpad, and you can move your cursor around. And and there's choices that the group makes, and you need to like you might have two or three options, and it needs to be a majority decision for you to go to that um, choice. But you can also like if you feel really strongly about something, you have a certain amount of takeovers where you can just you're like fuck you, you're wrong. I'm gonna choose this choice instead. Um, uh, but, uh, it's interesting. One thing that was funny is that it, if you exit the app or go to a different app, it like calls you out on the screen. Like it's like, <laughs> oh, Derek is disconnected or Jake is disconnected. And you're like, what are you doing? Like, we're playing a game. Why are you disconnecting from the game? Oh, uh, I like why don't that. you just be present in the moment? Like, like all that sort of stuff. So it was pretty funny. Um, but the story was interesting. I feel like it, it, the game so there's a couple of different modes um i almost wish we played the other mode but there's like a story mode which you're all kind of just working together to play through the story and um then there's a competitive mode which i was more interested in where you for instance i I think it's more towards the title of the game but some characters have a hidden agenda where their goal or their goal for the outcome may be different than yours and so that's where the choices that need for instance a like majority vote gets becomes more interesting because you might need to in real life convince the people that you're playing with that the other choice is the better choice because you're trying to you're trying for a different outcome than them and you don't and they don't know that they don't know that to the end um so that element of it sounded really cool but we just played the story mode so we just kind of played through um it was pretty cool it was like 
I mean, it felt like an interactive movie. Um, you didn't have to do much except for like, like move your trackpad around to maybe find some clues from time to time or make those choices. And, and certain choices were, you know, needed to be unanimous or whatever. But I feel like adding that competitive play mode um, sounds like it would have had a lot of like replayability. Um, and I like the idea. I like those games where you're trying to convince, you know, convince the people you're playing with like, to do a or to do b or whatever and so trying to convince them because you have an ulterior motive just sounds really interesting sounds really cool um so yeah that was a really fun time and i think it's pretty cheap it goes on sale quite often but i think i paid like 15 dollars for it canadian or something like that so it, it, it was pretty cool um yeah, and I would absolutely play it again. So if you come up here, we can play it. Uh, I should be. SummerSlam. Before SummerSlam. Uh, I don't think you can be up there before SummerSlam. August 19th, uh, SummerSlam. I think... Uh, so one thing I'm super excited for uh, as a change in my life is now I get two Thanksgivings. And the, oh, the shit. fat kid in me is so pleased. Usually I don't even have one I'm going to get two. I'm making it happen. <laughs> So, because the only thing is, like, your Thanksgiving is right in the middle of when I'm, or right in the beginning when I'm supposed to be going to Florida. Um, okay. But I'm trying to, like, fajangle my way into getting both things. Fajangle, that's a new word. I've been watching a lot of You Suck at Cooking, and he says things like wing jangle, and it's made my life happy, but also now it's creeping into my vocabulary. Did you say You Suck at Cooking? What's You Suck you at suck Cooking? You Suck at Cooking is a great YouTube channel. We should edit this down a little bit, I feel, but it's fine. It's a great YouTube channel. This guy cooks these recipes and he does it in like the most sarcastic way possible. Um, or he'll like, he'll be like, oh, you just need to, to t- you take one giant pea and he shows like a personal sized watermelon. And he's like, and you just throw it against the wall. And he throws it against the wall. And, and in the next shot, you just see like a bunch of Brussels sprouts come down. He's like, and then you got to throw those against the wall again. And you throw them against the wall and then a bunch of peas come down. It's just, like, he does fun editing, and he makes these, like, snarky, sarcastic jokes, and he's kind of an asshole, and I love him. So you should watch yourself okay. you suck at cooking. Eventually. <laughs> I probably won't, but that sounds interesting. I love cooking I, I just, I don't know why, but I, like, I don't watch anything on YouTube. I watch so much YouTube. Like, I don't. Gross. Like, I've just not. I mean, aside from, like, I watch, I usually watch, like, the Fail Army videos every week. And I usually watch, or I often will watch Up, Up, Down, Down, which is like a video game channel that's run by one of my favorite professional wrestlers. But aside from that, like, I never just like, oh, I'm going to go watch YouTube or anything I, like that, which is I'll binge, and I also find myself, like, so when Wikipedia was new, I used to find myself on, or like, I would be doing, like, research for school in high school with Wikipedia. It's crazy. It's crazy to think there was a time when Wikipedia was it's new. Because we're old, Dirk. Um, wow. <laughs> Um, but you would go, like, I would be doing research for school and, like, I would end up on these crazy-ass tangents. So, like, I would start out yep. by looking for, like, information on the Revolutionary War and I would end up in, like, Jack the Ripper territory. Oh, yeah. Um, and I I used to do that, like, just to see what would happen, like, how I got there. It's starting to happen with YouTube videos now. Um, so, like, I mm. started off by watching cooking, cooking videos, and I ended up watching a documentary on the Mice Utopia experiments in the 50s. So you just go down these rabbit holes? Yeah. And... I just, that's yeah. for hours. <clears throat> that's what I did. I called out six I actually, I stayed home and watched YouTube. It's pretty funny. I had a, I had a friend, and they, 
they had an idea for this podcast that I really liked and it never went anywhere, but it was called note context. And it was like, like they would, you know, like you're living your day to day life and random fucking questions about nothing pop up. Yeah. And so the podcast was going to be them exploring those questions, but then like just going down the rabbit hole of like, Oh, this looks interesting. Oh, this looks interesting. Like based like on how that. Much is a cow I feel like I was super, yeah, but then you're like, you're like, oh, what about this link? And you just end up like seven layers down and it's got nothing to do with what your original question was or anything like that. And I feel like I was super into that That's idea. That's a cool idea. Uh, and it never, it never went anywhere, but um, maybe, maybe it, should. it should. How many camels are you worth, uh, Derek? Do you know your bride price? Uh, fucking probably zero. Oh, that's not true. It's all based on your looks. Don't feel too bad. So zero. Derek! On my lips? What about what's wrong? With, what about why is it based on looks. your lips? It's based oh, looks. on your looks. Okay, zero. how tall you are? Well, at least for girls. It I is. mean, I'm I'm moderately tall. My I I so a year ago I was told that I was wife material, and I didn't know how to take that, so I took it to mean that I must be worth a lot of goats, which is an ongoing joke in my family. <laughs> and so I found an application that would tell you how many camels you were worth. And then I oh, converted no how many camels I was worth into how many goats I was worth. And is there like a camel to goat yes. conversion? It's pretty amazing. So I'm worth last year. Oh, that terrified me. Wow. That holy. My home pod was, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It heard me say, Hey Siri somehow. And went That's from hilarious. there. It's in a different room and it talked yeah. to me and it was really scary. So yeah, I'm worth a lot of goats. Like 2016. 2016, 2016 goats. goats approximately in in current currency today because my my value has gone down because i'm old now because i'm almost 30 because of inf- so oh, my value yeah. has gone down i'm in what they call the desperate years um but i am currently worth something like three quarters my bride price is three quarters of a million dollars canadian so there you go why would you why would you value it in canadian dollars uh because i was doing math for someone uh, oh, I who see. was confused with how many how many dollars like a, how many dollars <laughs> was like two thousand goats worth? I was like, this is how many dollars it'd mm. be. That's anyway. pretty cool. Or not? It's crazy that 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 still happens and in places. Think, yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. What have you been playing, Courtney? <laughs> I've been playing. <laughs> Back to the topic of I've been the podcast. Playing, uh, Camel Calculator 2018. You know, you should be playing uh, golf golf story. story. Where sports meets story. But it's their story with my sports. Like professional wrestling. Um, no, I, I played some Overwatch again this week. I haven't played Overwatch in quite a long time. Um, and so I played... Is there like a summer festival event yeah, going on right yeah, now or something? Yeah, it's going on right now. Um, I was a little disappointed because usually when there's an event like this going on, um, and they have things like they brought back Lucio Ball again this year, um, when you play those games in arcade for the event, the first time you win you get a loot box um, for the event. And that was not the case this year, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I was a little disappointed. I hate Lucio Ball, so I just don't play that. Um, but I played some Quick Play, and I played some Zero Grav Arcade. And I am so rusty at that game. Um, and it has changed a lot. Um, I hadn't played against uh, Hammond yet, the little hamster ball guy oh the hamster I haven't played against yeah. him before i still haven't tried playing him um 
that's difficult. And then they've reworked a bunch of characters and that's hard. Um, also, I keep getting matched with people who are good at May uh, against me, which is not okay. <laughs> it was not fun, <laughs> but I've got, I've, I found out that I like Moira and I, I can actually play her and I just have to remember that I can warp through things and learn how to play with that a little bit mm. more. Um, but I did all right with Moira. I played Zenyatta, of course. Um, I did okay as Mercy. Um, so yeah, I played some of, more of that this week than anything else. I played some Diablo 3 again um, until my cat shut down my computer at the... <laughs> I feel like your cat does that too I know. Often. So I actually am going to be rearranging my desk. So my desktop is actually on top of my desk, which is such a novel idea. Mm. Um <laughs> But uh, I was like, we had just, we had just cleared like one of our missions or almost cleared one of our missions for the season. And we had mm-hmm. just slaughtered two gem goblins and they had like all this loot on the ground. And like, I was going to go finish off this last thing. And then my computer shut down and I, oh, t- it took me like 10 minutes to get everything back up and ready because of course it had like updates to do and stuff. And um, my friend who I was playing with, like, just dipped, and I, cause they had stuff to do, and I was like, this is fucking garbage, I was so mad at my cat, he, <laughs> he's having some health problems right now, and he's gonna be fine, but, like, I was so mad at him, I was just like, I'm gonna throw you outside and just leave you there right now, I'm so done with your <laughs> bullshit, and shutting down my computer all the time, and scratching me, and, yeah, so that was my rage with that, um, I played Skyrim on my Switch last week, when I was on my trip, uh, while I was taking Ooh. the ferry, um, that was pretty fun. I've my only complaint still with the switch is that everything is so fucking dark. Like Skyrim is so dark. I have the brightness turned all the way up. I've adjusted it as much as I can, but like really, so you feel like Skyrim specifically is darker, or everything? Well, is dark? Skyrim feels specifically dark. I've only played two games on my switch. I played Skyrim and I played uh, the Mario Racing game. Um, but that yeah. game is all very bright and colorful. And Skyrim is not. Right. And interesting. Like it got to the point where like I was trying to play and I I mean I was in a well loop room, but it wasn't like it didn't have like full sun on anything or anything. But I'm trying mm-hmm. to like walk around through my day, uh just just doing some questing and I'm a Khajiit, so I just turn my night vision on all the time so I can see. Because otherwise <laughs> I can't see anything on the screen and I'm like, this is really frustrating for me. So um that's my only complaint so far. Um, I would be like, oh, I'm sure there's a mod for it, but it's on the Switch and there's no modding community there yet. So mm-hmm. That's pretty odd. I, I've not heard that at all. I think I said something a little bit about it last time. Because the last time I played was on the plane. And it wasn't so bad on the plane. Like, mm-hmm. I could shut my window and stuff. But, like, on the ferry, there's only so much you can do. And I felt like it was, like, even playing in my room, I feel like it's oddly dark. So I don't know if that's just me and my ability to see things because I do have some eyeball issues or what. But, uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I played some Torchlight 2, which was a throwback. I haven't played that game in so long. It was a lot of fun, uh, which is basically just a reskin of Diablo, but it's whatever. I like Torchlight 2. So here's the thing. like I like the aesthetics of Diablo 3, but the yeah. gameplay in Torchlight 2 better. Like, there are little things in Torchlight 2 that are so convenient and nice that I like. Like, your pet can go in... Like, your pet. Like, you have a pet that's useful, and everyone gets one. Right. And they help you fight, and you can upgrade them and give them perks and everything and give them little collars. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also load them full of shit, which is great for a garbage whore like me, because I just pick up everything. <laughs> if you've ever played a game with me, you know I pick yeah. up everything within sight because it might be useful or I can at least sell it for gold. Mm-hmm. But I can give it to my pet, and then my pet can carry it for me. And then when my pet and I are both over encumbered, I send my pet to town for me. And he can sell everything in my bags and bring it, bring me back the money. And you can also give him a shopping list. It's my favorite thing. I love my pet. <laughs> and they're cute. Like, I don't even want to turn it into a face hugger. I just want it to be cute all the time. That's all I've played. Um, I did see an announcement this week for Torchlight Frontiers. Um, and when I was initial, when mm. I initially saw the announcement, I was so excited because I love Torchlight, right? Like for the reasons I just stated. Yep. Um, I played the first game yeah. and I really liked uh, it. And Runic, was like Runic is out of business, but whatever. Uh, so this new Extra Studios is taking over this. Um, and so I heard about it and I got really excited. I signed up for the beta. I watched the trailer and like any. Any excitement I had kind of deflated immediately. Like, the trailer (laughs) does not look good. I'm hoping that it's just a bad trailer. Because what I've noticed is, like, usually with trailers, you know, you watch the trailer and it's super hype. And then you play the game and it's not that great. Mm -hmm. And I think that seems to be the case with almost any game I've ever played, with the exception of something like God of War. Um, Right. But you can't touch Dad and Boy. Uh, But, like, like, (laughs) for this... (sighs) If my trailer starts out not exciting, and then I get the game, like, am I going to be yeah. super disappointed? Like, it almost felt like one of those Clash of Clan trailers. Not, not yep. excited for that. But I'm really hoping that they pull it out and it's going to be awesome. They said that it's supposed to come out sometime next year. Yeah. I'm going to keep an eye out for anything at PAX West when we go. And where is that coming to everything? I think or just it's certain? only PC. It doesn't really say. Okay. I'm looking. I guess, well, the previous ones have only been PC, uh, right? PC and, PC and I think Mac so. OS. There, there's not, not been a console version at all, right? Um, but again, I'm I'm new to the yeah. console thing. Um, but all it says is, like, mm. the, there's a beta access quote coming soon. Definitely available on uh, definitely available on PC. Um, but it doesn't really give you any other information. It's just that it's launching sometime next year. But we'll see. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I never played number two, but I like number, number one. Too. It's fun. I should. I should. If only it was on consoles. You could put it on or your mobile. MacBook. I had or it on anything, my computer but... back in like 2013, yeah, 2012 true. when I bought it. It's just so much of a, there's too much of a backlog. 100 games, 1,000 games. Play that and Necrodancer and you won't be upset. Everyone should play Necrodancer. <laughs> okay. I'm still mad I didn't get to play it at fucking Comic-Con. Oh, I was so excited laptop. for that. So disappointing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'll get over it. Maybe it'll be back Maybe. That would be so cool. <sighs> mm-hmm. I would forgive PAX for not having giant things to sit on if they had the giant laptop to dance on. I thought PAX did have giant things to sit on. Last year they did. Oh, yeah. Last year, I sat on, like, three separate dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get four this year. I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Last year was... This year was disappointing a little bit at Comic-Con, but oh well. <laughs> uh, do we want to talk about Fallout 76? Sure, yeah. Of do course it. I do. All day. I figured. Uh, so, this past weekend was QuakeCon, 
Um, and so they had a variety of panels about different games. We saw um, first gameplay for Doom Eternal, which looked fucking awesome. Um, I have, I've still not played uh, Doom from 2014 or 2015 or whichever year it came mm-hmm. out. But Doom Eternal looked fucking great. And uh, they also announced Doom Eternal will be coming to Switch um, as well, which is really cool. But this has been giving a lot of support to the Switch. Um, and that's been really awesome because that is, I feel like, that is the pub like the publisher that um is that like that is the third party publisher that that will sell consoles mm-hmm. and um the same company that that ported wolfenstein 2 over to the switch which was quite well received will be porting uh doom eternal over as well um I, it, it sounded like it was day and date it sounded like it would be out the same day as it would be for the other consoles i don't think there's been a solid confirmation on that but that's the speculation right now um but that gameplay was really really cool um also during quake time quick quake time during quake on so great timing uh as well both doom from 2014 that i haven't played yet uh and rage um which is perfect timing because rage 2 is coming out i think later this year but both of those games got added to xbox game pass as well so now i'm being rewarded for not buying that game at any point by being able to play it for free with my subscription so um and that's the same, you know, Doom got an Xbox One X uh, enhanced patch, I believe, so it's playable in 4K and everything like that and looks fantastic. Um, that was just some kind of cool bonus news from QuakeCon, and I'm not that interested in, in Quake, but uh, there was a Fallout 76 panel, um, which I watched in full uh you know, at like midnight the other night. And Michaela <laughs> was going to watch it with me and fell asleep in five seconds, but, you know who can blame her for that because mostly it was this guy i think who works for bethesda who was not that good at being a host um and a couple of the developers and uh todd howard um just you know he was asking questions that were probably pre-written by bethesda but talking about things like um uh, they they detailed the perk system which was pretty cool and they had followed always does a really good job of having these like like 60s styled animated like introduction videos to certain systems and everything like that and so they had a perk introduction video and so the perk system is entirely different from from you know the last few fallout games where you level up um you select a perk and that can be a a perk that does something or it can be a special point which special being like strength perception endurance blah 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 um and so how it will work instead in Fallout 76 is that you actually get it's a card based system and this got shat on a lot as soon as they announced it because it was like oh they want to sell us card packs they're going to sell us card packs for real money and that is why they're doing this but they later confirmed hey the only way you can get these packs is by leveling up your character we're not selling them or anything like that so at certain levels I think it's every two levels up to like level five or level ten and then it's every five levels after that but you get a pack of four cards I think it was four cards a pack of a certain amount of cards that has different perks and you can actually hot swap these perks on the fly and so when you level up you get the opportunity to add a special point wherever you want and you know if you have four special points under strength that means you can have four points worth of strength perks and so that that it makes total sense that system makes a lot of sense Uh, and there's different perks that are 
that are deemed more powerful. So this perk might take two points or three points, meaning you have less room for other strength perks or whatever. But one of the great things is that, say in Fallout 4, I level up, I select a perk, that's a perk that I have now. I'm stuck with that perk. But Fallout 76 obviously works a bit differently, being that it's an online game and that it's a multiplayer-focused game. So some perks that may be really good for me when I'm playing solo may be a waste of space when I'm playing with friends. And so, like... They demonstrated, like, the, there's a perk called Lone Wanderer, which has been in a couple of the other games as well, which when you're without a companion and, or without, you know, you're playing by yourself in this case, you do more damage and you can carry more weight. So obviously I'm not playing with any friends. That's a great perk to have because I'm stronger and I can carry more stuff. But as soon as friends come on board, that perk is useless. And so by being able to swap perks on the fly, you can you can tune your build to how you're playing in that moment. And I think that's something that's really cool. And that's something that's really needed for a game like this, where your experience could be totally different based on whether or not you're playing with friends. And so you'll be into different things at those times. And so I really like that hops, hot swapping ability. Um, I, the card system. It's, I was sorry, saying, I like that idea for the card system just because like, I always feel like whenever I start a new game, Figuring out their skill trees and figuring out their perk systems because every game has one. Mm-hmm. Dragon Age, Fallout, Skyrim, totally, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's always so different and so difficult to figure out like what you need, and then a lot yeah, of the time true. you can't go back and fix what you chose. So mm-hmm. being able to do that seems like a great idea, and I wish they like in Detroit become human where you're stuck with your choices. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I know, but if I but I see what you mean, but, you know, and it's like like. Like you might think you're interested in something and then it might not work out for you. And now you have to wait an entire level. And in this case, you're going to be the main thing that you're stuck with is tailoring. Like I'm putting more, more points into special or into strength than I am into endurance or whatever. And so you'll still have, you'll just have more room for strength perks, but you, you're not stuck with that, that one strength perk if you decided it didn't work out for you. Um, So I actually really like that system. And, and I mean, it's interesting because of course, I feel like the gaming community as a whole is very, and it's similar to like, say the comic book movie community in that something gets announced and everybody shits on it 110% until it comes out. And then everyone's like, actually that was really good. Or that wasn't as bad as I thought or whatever. And I feel like this game is getting that same treatment in that, there's a certain piece of the community that's really excited for it. And that's where I fall in because I do try to reserve judgment until I actually put some time into something. Um, but most of the community is like, this is the stupidest idea ever. Fallout needs to be single player. This, this card system's dumb. And again, a lot of the, a lot of the negativity around the system at first is like, Oh, microtransactions for, for card packs or whatever. And they very quickly, if they didn't mention it in the, in the panel, they very quickly came out and said, that's not the case. You're only going to be earning them this way. I think that they've already said that the only microtransactions possible are for solely cosmetic items. And so that, which is every fucking game, which today. is the way it should be. Um, actually, it's not, it's not every game today. Cause most games do have, seem to have microtransactions that give you other benefits but this one is not that case um and so it's cool and i'm I'm into it and uh fuck i can't wait to play this game i'm really looking forward to the beta in october i honestly i hope i've never i don't think i've ever taken off work um to play a game before but if it gets announced early enough like the date of the beta i think that i will actually try to take the day off to play this because i use your thanksgiving days probably yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it just needs it just needs enough warning that uh that I can book it off in time. But Fallout is I think Fallout's you know, aside from 
something like Silent Hill in the past, which was my favorite series that will pretty much never exist again. Like I think Fallout is probably my my favorite currently existing series. So, um, and on that note, in other Fallout news during the uh, during the panel, they also revealed you know because one of the big things was like oh people are just like going to exist just to grief you in this game. They're just going to chase you. They're just going to kill you. Blah blah blah. Um, and so they detailed the PvP system a little bit in that you. You know, if I want to fight you, I will come up and I will, you know, if I shoot you from a distance or whatever, that first shot is kind of like a slap in a duel. Like that's a challenge and it'll do a little bit of damage. But, you know, if I don't, if I don't uh, return fire, then and you still kill me or you're you're an asshole essentially i'm i don't want to fight you're you're killing me you're killing me you're killing me maybe you're killing me over and over again you'll actually um uh you'll actually you'll do a little bit of damage they'll do a little bit of damage to to you if you engage them then you're doing full damage and they're you're both doing full damage at that point um the winner is going to get a reward of caps based on the player's level that you killed so if someone's really high level you're going to get more caps than if they're a lower level um and after one of them dies you can also choose to go seek revenge on them which doubles how many caps you're going to get um but if you if i shoot at you you don't want to engage in pvp and i i am relentless and i keep shooting you keep doing that little bit of damage a little bit of damage until i kill you um your that player that decided to do that becomes essentially a wanted murderer at that I point and so it. it's going to put uh so you get no rewards you get no caps you get no experience um essentially they noted if you're an asshole we're going to turn the assholes into interesting content um so they'll show up on the map they're going to be a red star um so you'll be able to see not the exact positioning but the general area where this wanted murderer is uh there's a bounty on their head and i think they said that bounty goes up if they keep being an asshole if they keep killing people or whatever um but there's a bounty on their head. That bounty comes out of their own caps. Um, so if you're a fucking asshole, you're going to lose your caps because people are going to be hunting you down at that I'm point. I'm going to be real honest. Um, I want to play this game just to be a bounty hunter. <laughs> doesn't that's that the sound only fucking thing I want to do. Like that's, that, yeah. Yeah. Just that sounds... get all my, my pin up rage from all those years I spent playing with toxic assholes <laughs> on league of legends and world of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just fucking go get them. That's all I want now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it it just sounds. I mean, well, and one of the things they said during the panel is that, like, basically at time, it's or that's the perception I got anyways. Is at times they're having problems developing the game because they're so busy playing the game and and you know finding these exploits that people do or finding you know these things that these these like ways of playing that people inherently fall into and trying to balance it as much as possible. And, and they just, they detailed all these just insane scenarios. Like, of course they're the, the camp, there's like this camp system where you can build a base and everything like that. And, and you have a stash where you can stash your items and everything that you've stashed is safe from other players, essentially. Whereas if you die in the game, you can drop certain items and stuff like that. If you haven't stashed them yet, um, but they they talked about, for instance, one of the players, like there's instruments, you can build instruments and play instruments and stuff like that. Um, so they talked about one of the characters building this base and they're building this camp and hiding turrets in the trees. And so they, 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 they just stand in this area and they built a tuba and so they'd just be playing this tuba and then people in the distance would hear the tuba and come close to and be like, what is going on? And they'd come up to him and then these turrets would start firing at him, these turrets that were hidden in the trees and everything like that. So he's just standing there playing this tuba as all of the turrets that he's built <laughs> is taking down these players and everything. 
everything like that. And it just sounds like a, it just sounds like a hilarious sandbox. And, um, you know, I, in terms of mechanics, I've loved aside from the building mechanic, which sounds like it's actually important here versus just feeling tacked on like it did in fallout four. Um, I, the, the one thing that I'm still, I'm not worried about the mechanics. I think it's going to be a blast. The one thing I'm worried about is story and it's got to have an interesting story. And that's, what's kept me gripped in fallout to this point. And that's what this game needs. And they haven't detailed a lot of that stuff aside from, you know, there's, there's not going to be human NPCs giving you quests. There's robots and stuff like that, but what is the quest system going to look like and how does the story work and how deep is that story? That's, that's the only thing that still worries me about the game. But I'm I'm unbelievably excited for it. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a really good time. Um, yeah. Did you want to take on one of the next pieces? Uh, or do you want to keep going? So I don't know how I feel about this. This whole Elder Scrolls Legends, which I believe that was mm-hmm. that's the one you should the, play it. It's mobile. fucking great. I think they tried to. That's the car. So that's not Elder Scrolls Blades, which is the Elder Scrolls, like that new one that's coming out. Elder Scrolls Legends is like a card game. Oh, okay. So that's... And it's super fun. And it's got a really good single player element, actually, which is what got me really into it. Okay. So I thought this was Blades. And I was like, I thought it was only for mobile. So what do you mean you are going to put it on systems that don't allow crossplay? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Here's my thing with the card games. I'm already over them. Like I was so into playing Hearthstone for so long and then it just got too much. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll have to see. Um so since Sony isn't going to be making the PS4 cross playable. Is that even that's cross playable? Let's say that with confidence. It'll sound better. Cross playable. <laughs> uh they're not gonna put it on anything for Sony, which, uh, I mean, it makes sense. I feel like actually that's a good way to force Sony into changing their mind or changing their policy mm-hmm. with that. Like I understand their concerns they're saying have to do with security and appropriateness, I think was the other thing. Weren't they saying something like they, they're worried that like, because they can't monitor who's talking to who, something bad will happen. Uh, I don't know what they uh, said. They've, it's mostly been bullshit, what, I think. I mean, I say that and I kind of rolled my eyes and then I remember y'all can't see me. Um, yeah, it just sounds like it's just because Sony just wants everybody to play on Sony things. And that makes sense. Like, that's that's your bottom line. But if if that's going to be your bottom line and then people like Bethesda are going to come in and be like, well, then we're not going to we're not going to let you do that. We're not going to mm. make this available for you at all. So you can't make any money off of it. I feel like that's the pr- appropriate response. Totally. It's just good. Like, I mean, it's, it's something where it's just pressure on them and this one collectible card game probably won't make a big difference, but if it's the start of something bigger where more companies that are releasing their, their, or potentially releasing their games across every platform, like choose not to, because they don't believe in what Sony is like, like they don't believe in that walled garden scenario. Um, like for instance, in the within their quote, it was they were talking to Game Informer, and essentially Pete Hines, which is who's the, essentially the head, one of the heads of Bethesda, he said, you know, we continue to talk to all of our platform partners, but these terms are essentially non-negotiable. We can't be talking about one version of Legends where you take your progress with you, and another version where you stay within that ecosystem or it's walled off from everything else. That is counter uh, to what the game has been about. Yeah. Um, you know, and if and it's something where if a game like like Fortnite offering crossplay on every other console, if something a game that big can't make this change, 
you know, it's unlikely. I think we're going to see a difference with something like the Elder Scrolls Legends, but it's a it's a start. Yeah. And and especially, you know, they're just talking about it's our, you know, it's our intention. It's our intention that in order for this game to come out, it has to be these things on any system. We can't have a game that works one way across everywhere else except for this one thing. The way this game works right now is on Apple, on Google, on Steam, and Bethesda.net. It doesn't matter where you buy your stuff. If you play it on another platform, that stuff is there. Yeah. It doesn't matter what platform you play on. You play against everyone else who's playing at that moment. There's no oh, it's easier to control or it has a better frame rate on this system it's a strategy card game and that doesn't and that's matter. always been the so argument too is that oh we don't want to have we don't want to play have crossplay between something like overwatch with pc versus consoles mm-hmm. because pcs are notoriously better at playing shooter games mm-hmm. and it's unfair totally. but that's but like they're mm-hmm. saying like, that doesn't matter here like just let it go just give us well, this I one think, thing i think i think a lot of like a lot of those other games that have supported it like fortnite or like PUBG or whatever like you have to opt in to play if there's a if there's a if there's a platform that would have an advantage like a PC you have to opt in to playing with those people otherwise you're just going to be playing with other console players um you know like I'm pretty sure Fortnite you're playing with Xbox you're if I'm playing on Xbox I can play with Xbox people and Switch people unless I opt in to also playing with PC uh and mobile and everything like that so um you know they it's and regardless of advantages like I feel like you know, these companies obviously want, they want you to choose this game over that game or whatever. But the big thing is they want you to play with your friend. They want you to be able to play with your friends, regardless of what system you chose to buy or what system your parents chose to buy you or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Sony is like, they're, they're being asked. Well, and here's the thing too. I read an article earlier today. I didn't put it in the show notes and, and it's something I've talked about before. There's a large movement in the gaming community who are predicting that consoles are going to go away. Because we have the ability to stream games and we're playing games more on mobile networks with things like the Switch, with things like our phones. You don't have to sit at home and play anymore. I don't need mm-hmm. to have a comp- uh, my console at home. So I think that people like Nintendo and people like X- Xbox Windows realize that, see that, and are trying to move away from the old way to kind of prepare for that because if you have the system Mm -hmm. and the mentality and the ability to do cross platforms in place, then when those things go away and aren't the way of the world anymore, you know, it's a lot easier for you to adapt and conquer than it is if you're still stuck at your, I only play with my people. (laughs) It was kind of funny. Sony's Japanese and it just makes me, I just was like Japanese isolation. This is exactly what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. isolating their little thing, and they're like, "No, we only play it by our rules, and you have to play by our rules." But that's not the way things work anymore. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I just thought of. My yeah, brain it's... is a little, a little spastic today. I'm on bunny trails. Well, I, I just feel like it has to be a matter of time, but I just hope that's sooner than later, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I think in the article I was reading too, they were saying it's going to be like. DVDs like DVDs haven't totally gone away yet. CDs are just now starting to be completely phased out of places. So it takes. Time. I don't remember DVDs haven't gone away yet. I don't remember the last time I we saw. We have DVD. okay. So at my work, there's a huge DVD selection. DVDs are still available. Oh Blu-rays, yeah, I guess. I guess there's. But like, yeah. but like CDs, like people come in and ask us for the CD section is, and you're like, it's gone. Like there's a bin of CDs <laughs> over there you can look through, but no move one on, buys. Lady, move no on. one buys CDs anymore. Everybody is is streaming music or downloading it, and I mean. CDs started, I I bought a CD player when I was like eight or nine, I think. And and now I'm mm-hmm. 29 and they've gone away. So it took 20 years. 
but yeah, that's fair. You know, twenty years from now, gaming is going to be completely different, and that's kind of exciting. I'm stoked. Let's fast forward. <laughs> Good old DVDs. <laughs> I remember when. We- Let's bring it back, I Courtney. I remember when we got our first DVD player. That was like a big deal. My my, I think my first DVD player was a PS2. My fr- we had a we bought one when I was ten. It was like a travel portable one. It was pretty so it was pretty mm. awesome. It was amazing because we had it in our minivan when we lived in our minivan across country. My dad like quit his job and we just drove everywhere. It was great. Was this about Fortnite though? Yeah, so Fortnite is about to come out on Android. Yay! Um, after finally. Yeah, it's been on uh, it's been on iOS for quite some time. But interestingly enough, this is one of the first big big titles that is um, deciding not to support. Like they're not going to be. It's not going to be available through Google Play. And one of the big things for that is that, of course, that gives uh, Epic more control over it. But it also means that when you purchase items through the game, whether that's V Bucks or whether that's a Battle Pass or whatever, um, Google's not taking their thirty percent that they take on apps or things that you buy or in-app purchases because it's not part of Google Play at all. And so, esti- it's estimated that Google will lose, and and I mean it's not really not lose as much as just not earn um, about fifty million dollars this year because of because of Fortnite purchases because they won't be a part of of wow. the Google Play Store. Um, it's pretty interesting. It's a pretty big, uh, it, it's a pretty big, like, that's a pretty big thing. That's a pretty big thing for, for them to be, and it's like, one thing I've seen is a, there's a lot of negativity towards that as well, because, um, you know, on one hand, they're keeping control over it and everything like that. But on the other hand, Fortnite is something where, you know, obviously it's very, 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 very popular with kids. And it's something where you're teaching kids, potentially little kids at that point to install apps that are, you know, like outside of, of that ecosystem. Um, which I mean, what's stopping them at that point from, if I'm searching for Fortnite Android, what's stopping me from like downloading that app that's, that could actually be malware or whatever that says like, Oh, you're going to get all these free Fortnite V bucks if you download this app or whatnot. So there's some negativity towards it from that point. But, um, I think it's just big news in, in, in any case, cause they are, you know, like, for instance, Bethesda recently announced that they want to have a better connection to their players. So Fallout 76 won't be available on Steam. It'll only be on Bethesda.net. Um, it's kind of similar to that in that they're taking out the middleman and trying to get directly, you know, trying to trying to interface directly with their players instead. Which so is interesting, I don't know, it's interesting and cool that they're trying to do that. But I feel like that's a cop out for the real reason, which I'm sure is the bottom line in money. Um Oh, because, for like, sure. Yeah, 100%. I mean, because the thing is, here's the thing for me. Like, I've been waiting for this to come out on Android to play. And I, re- I realized it's available on Switch and I could have been playing it on Switch and I haven't done it. It's fine. It's whatever. Um, but not having it in the Google Play Store is weird. <laughs> like, um, yeah. because I have, like, I've downloaded some things. Like, in order, because I have Android, in order to use, because um, everything in my house is Google. Um, so I have a Google Chromecast and in order to do something like watch an Amazon prime movie on Android or on my Chromecast from my phone, I have to download like a tertiary app, go into my settings, adjust something so that it'll allow certain downloads. So I can download the app so that I can covertly cast it to my TV. And it's around about fucking weird. That sounds so fucking and annoying. It's very annoying. And it's because. 
Chromecast and Fire Stick aren't friends and like Google and Amazon aren't mm. fighting. Like, fuck you guys, just make mm-hmm. it easy for people. So I've never heard of the Unreal Engine marketplace before. Oh, is that a real thing? Apparently. Uh, so, or is that a new thing? Is that a new thing that will be starting with Fortnite? So I don't really know. So here's the thing. like The article that we looked at from Forbes talks about how it's not available on Google Play, but doesn't really tell you how you can get this application. Yeah, like which I think is as far as I'm aware, it'll be right through like Epic's website themselves. Well, I think it's just not out yet though is the thing there. Yeah, too. so there's that. But I mean also like so they were talking about this marketplace and like so is this an app I download? If I like let me look I'll look right now. Like, oh well, how am I gonna do that? I'm gonna look through Google Play. We're gonna be real honest. Mm-hmm. That's how you get most things. So if I look for Unreal Engine Marketplace, it doesn't exist. Never mind. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to get this game. I'm going to have to, like, do research or something. Like, it's my job. I don't know. It just seems like like a pain in the ass. It seems like a pain in the ass. I understand they're trying to save money. They're going to... Like, are they going to be losing that 30% with microtransactions as well? Is that why they're doing it? Because then I could see why. If it's just the initial download. Yeah, because it's, it's, I think it's things that, like, if you're purchase, making purchases through that app when it's on Google Play, they, like, because the game download is obviously free, but it's, they take 30% of, um, you know, for hosting and for, like, like, it works the same way on iPhone because if you, you know, if you want the app on iPhone, it has to be through the App Store. So they take 30% in terms of hosting and, and, and having the downloads and just their fee for existing, basically. Um, but Google, of course, is not, that's not the case. Most things are through Google Play, but you have the choice if you want to download an app from wherever. Um, yeah, no, it's pretty interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah, it sounds like it's definitely like a, we don't want to pay you the 30% thing. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's. 30% is a lot when you're talking about the biggest game on the entire planet, essentially. Yeah. Okay, so this is a pain in the ass. So you don't go to the Play Store. Don't do that, it says. Two, mm-hmm. you have to go look and see if your device is something that it's going to be launched on or if it has launched yet. So the mm-hmm. only one... So Samsung devices are already compatible. If you have a Samsung device, you can use a Samsung Game Launcher um, in order to do that. I have to see if my phone's even going to be supported because I've run into that problem before. <laughs> then you have to sign up right. for a waiting list and then you have to wait for an invite and then you have to download the installer. That is well, such that's a usually fucking like hassle. When it, launched, when it launched on iPhone, it was invite only at first as well. Um, so I think it was like they were scaling up as they added servers and as they could, could get that shit figured out basically. So I think that that's what was going on there. Yeah. I don't see my phone on this list. <laughs> Oh, here it is. No, it's not. My phone is not compatible with this game. Dang. Motherfuckers. I want to say that's racist, but I don't feel that's true. <laughs> so I won't be able to play this, so I'll only have it on my Switch, and I don't care anymore. It doesn't matter that it's a pain in the ass. I'm not even going to play. I mean, but that took me... you should probably play it on the Switch anyways, because it has buttons. Yeah, but I, I usually don't carry my Switch around with me. And I always have my phone. Mm-hmm. So that was so frustrating just now. God, I had to go to like two different articles in order to find that. I don't know. Uh, Do we want to talk about the mission objective? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so mission objective this week um, is if you, sorry, which game did you dislike at first but felt differently about once you gave it a second chance? Also, please watch it with me. (laughs) 
I'm I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot here. Or as some I heard someone say today, I'm gonna shoot myself in the ass here. Um, I'm terrified of clowns. Like, I'm I know I'm afraid of several things. I know I'm kind of a big baby when it comes to stuff. Clowns are in the top three. And so the idea of watching a movie about not only a clown, but a demonic clown that eats children, <laughs> I don't think I can do it. <laughs> But it's kind of like, it's like a dark fantasy about kids overcoming their fears. So maybe it could help you overcome your no. fears. I don't think it will. I've had this maybe, though, a deep-seated but... childhood problem. It's all because of the... And he's not really a clown, like what you would know if you had ever seen it. I haven't read the book. I'll read the book. I'll tell you what. I will try and read the book. If I can... The book is really long and the movie's better, I think. I like Stephen King books. I'm cool with it. I love Stephen King. Mm. He's I like for someone who I, I don't like horror. We've talked about this. I don't do scary things. I love Stephen King, and I will read pretty much anything that man writes. Um, and he's written a lot, so it's a great thing for me. Misery, mm -hmm. probably true. one of my favorite books ever. Uh, I'm reading one, a recent one right now called The Outsider yeah. that I'm really enjoying. He's such a good writer. Um, I will try and read it. Mm -hmm. Um, if I can read, just watch if it. If I can just read it. it, I will just try watch to it watch me. it. Um, but like I. Just skip the book and watch the movie. Okay, we'll see. Um, and now okay. as far as games go... Deal. Deal. We'll do it. <laughs> no. So as far as games go, um, I generally feel like I I try and give games a fair shake, even if I don't like them. And if I've played mm -hmm. through a game and I don't like it, I'm not going to try and play it again. Uh, mm -hmm. A la my experience with Detroit Become Human. I played that whole game all the way through, and I... I stopped and tried to give myself an open mind with it and had zero desire to try and replay it at the end. Um, I've, I don't think I've ever had an experience with a game where like I finished a game, not liked it and like, or like started to not like a game and then like kept playing all the way through and still not, still not change my mind at the end. Uh -huh. So I don't have one. I've had games where I've thought I don't, think i'll like this game and i won't buy it and then i've bought it and played it and liked it does that count uh i don't know if that counts because like i was like i'm not gonna like overwatch i don't like shooter games and then i played mm -hmm. overwatch and now i love it that's the closest i've come so nothing like really like there's never been like a year or two years or three years down the road you're like i'm gonna try this again and then you felt differently about it it's no. never happened no really i either i i, I either love it or like it, you know, like it's a good game. I enjoyed playing it or like, this wasn't my favorite, mm -hmm. but I don't hate my time on it. Or I, um, I'm like, man, I hate this. And I'm like, okay, we'll go back, like keep going, finish the game and finished it. And that sometimes yeah. takes a long time, but okay. I've never gone and changed my mind afterward. Like usually if I don't like mm -hmm. something, I like it fundamentally and it doesn't change. That's interesting. That's me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I feel it's happened a bunch with me, but I feel like, interestingly enough, the biggest two games that this happened with is both, but they're both Bethesda games, but it was Skyrim and it was Fallout 3. Um, and they were both, and it's both because, you know, for a while, and, and I've said it countless times on the show, but often it takes a very special open world game to get me into an open world game. Like, I just feel like I just like the linear experience. And I don't know if it's because 
you know, my gaming time is quite limited and, and so I don't want to have to figure out sorting through what's a side mission and what's not and what do I need to see to, to get the, the actual story of the game or whatever. But, you know, in Fallout 3, I thought the opening was fucking brilliant. Like, you basically start as a baby and you grow up in this vault and then one day you have to leave it. And, you know, you go outside and your eyes adjust to seeing sunlight for the first time. And I'm like, wow, this is fucking brilliant. This is unbelievable. And then I'm walking around, like, I chose the wrong direction and all of a sudden I'm getting killed. Like, uh, like, and then I was, done, I was done with it from there. And then, you know, like... I was like, this game's stupid. Why did it send me? Why was I able to go in that direction if I shouldn't have gone in that direction or whatever? Because you make and then, choices, Derek. You know, a, a couple of years. Yeah, I guess. And you can't true. go back. I learned that because uh, a couple of years later, I rented the game again or I bought the game or whatever and fucking fell in love with it. You know, maybe I chose a different direction to walk. I walked left instead of right or right instead of left or whatever. But then it took me on this fucking journey through this, you know, person trying to like navigate this this wasteland uh where everything is unfamiliar yet familiar at the same time because it's washington dc and there's the white house and whatever and you know just on this journey to try to find his dad and to you know all the shit that happens along the way and it turned into one of my favorite games of all time i'd say um and then it was a similar experience with Skyrim where, you know, you are in, you, you open and you don't know much about what's going on and you're in this cart and you're going to get executed for whatever reason. And just the very second before that happens, like a dragon attacks and you, you're free and blah, blah, blah. And it was something very similar where I like, I'm like, now I'm in the middle of a mountain and I can't figure mm-hmm. out which way to go. And this is boring. And, um, and then you know now i've bought it now i'm at the point where i bought it on xbox 360 <laughs> i have it on switch i have it on playstation vr like i bought it three times at this point and it's fucking amazing and the first time i like like the first time i played it was when it first came out on xbox 360 i think uh and then i didn't you know i put it two or three hours into it couldn't get into it tried it again uh when it came out on xbox one and gave it a better shot and you know, maybe it's because I chose a different direction or whatever, or like, you know, who knows, but then whatever you know, didn't spawn in your and, way that day, you know, then I, yeah. And then I, you know, and then I played all that same part again in in virtual reality and it was like a whole different perspective on it again. And, um, you know, it turned into again, one of like the coolest and, and freest gaming experiences that I think I've had. Um, so yeah, and it's it's interesting because now you know I'll play an open world game and I'll be like, okay, whatever, this is done, <laughs> and and it's like, should I just give it more time? Will I feel the same way? Do I actually really like open world games? But I always choose the wrong direction at first, or what? Like, what is the problem? Um, but those two games specifically were games where I was like, I don't understand the hype. This is not a good game. And then two or three or four years later, I play it and it finally clicks, and I finally, and then I love it. Like I, I just am enthralled with fallout at this point and i cannot wait for the yeah. next game to come because of that i i never oh sorry also please watch it with me <laughs> i uh, i never actually played fallout any of them um but i watched a boyfriend a previous boyfriend play uh fallout 4 and fallout new vegas fallout 3 and fallout new vegas mm-hmm. um fallout 3 and fallout new vegas and i love the aesthetic of it and i love i love so much about that mm-hmm. game but like, I never had time to play because he was always playing it. I feel like that's the way it goes. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I I feel like it's something I would enjoy playing, except for the repetitive music. I hope that they put more tracks in in the new ones because 
listening to. I've got Spurs at Jingle Jingle Jingle. Like uh, that s- still fucking haunts me years later. <laughs> well, and actually, one thing that they mentioned during the panel is that there's more. Like they have a ton of tracks for this one, and there's more tracks than ever. But one of the thing that I find one of the things that I find interesting is they there's such an emphasis on these radio stations that you can listen to, and I almost never do unless it's required for a quest or something like that. I feel like I'm just. I just want to listen to the environment to figure out where someone is or what's near me or whatnot. But then every time like I do click it on, I'm like, oh, this is really neat. And this this music really fits with this like retro futuristic stuck in time aesthetic and everything like that. But or, you know, the trailer comes out and then the fucking Take Me Home Country Road song stuck in my head for the next nine years. And it's a it's a great song. Have you listened? Have you heard the have you heard the follow for the Fallout 76 version? That song's already sure always really stuck in my head. There used to be a West Virginia commercial with that song, and yeah, yeah. Oh, I really? Went to school in West Virginia. Fun fact. All that's right, me. that's it. That's, that's, that's all we got this week. Games. We don't that's it. Anymore. That is the whole episode um, of this show. <laughs> Derek, where can we find you on social media? I forgot how to do podcasts. It's, it's been, been so long. long. It's been like two weeks. So, you can find me at D Cranavelt on Twitter. Uh, and I am Captain K seventeen across gaming platforms, but mostly follow. Uh, make sure that you follow us on Facebook. Follow, follow us. us. <laughs> follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Geekscape Games. You can also join our sister fraternal other podcast Facebook groups. We've got Geekscape Forever, which is kind of just a homogenous group of nerds talking about nerd shit. Uh, there's the Geekscape uh, page. You can also like for fun information, like more information about our Seed and Spark campaign with Stalking LeVar or contests that we occasionally will hold. Um, also follow us on Instagram at Geekscape Forever. That is the Thank Instagram, you. yes. Was that a question? It sounded like a question. Yes. Okay. I was asking for confirmation because I love our Instagram, but could not remember our handle. Um, the fabulous Mika has been moderating it for us. She posts beautiful cosplays that we see at the various conventions that we attend. Um, so take a look uh, for some inspiration or just because that's your jam. Um, and let us know if there's anything else we should be putting up on our Instagrams. Um me! You can find me on Instagram at geekygirlak. You can find me on Twitter as akgeekygirl, just to make it confusing. And it is confusing. I had to send you an email the other day, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, every time what I try to send you something, I have to look up which one it is. The So it's geekygirlak everywhere except Twitter, where I am akgeekygirl. Yeah, how am I supposed to remember because that? At one point, I picked up Geeky Girl AK and then didn't attach it to anything and lost that. Mm-hmm. So... I'll see if I can fix it. I'll try and be, you know, make myself homogenous for you guys. But then I'm geeky girl pretty much everywhere. Else. <laughs> so, um, that's it. We're done. Bye. That's it. That's that's the one. That's the one. Sixty-four. Sixty-four. You didn't say the name at the beginning of the podcast. It's called Courtney. Please play. Please watch it with me. Courtney, please watch it with me. Hold this. Hold this while I finish my speech. <laughs> <laughs> you give me enough, enough whiskey, I'll watch it with you. Tell you what. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right. All right. All right. That's it. <laughs> That's it. We'll see you next Bye, week. Everybody. Bye. Hey, Geekscapist. Jonathan, the Podfather here. 
And when I first started Geekscape back in 2006, it was just a podcast, but then it grew into a podcast network and a community. And the whole plan was to turn it into a production company so we could make cool films and TV ideas and all sorts of stuff for you guys. We'll always be doing the podcast, but right now I want to let you guys know that we're running a Seed and Spark campaign for one of our first original productions. And this is a co-production with Dweeb Darlings and Fonco Studios called Stocking LeVar. It's a continuation of the web series Stocking LeVar. If you go online, go to YouTube or dweebdarlings.com and look for Stocking LeVar, and you guys will find a pretty fun two seasons of this show. We're going to make a short film out of it, but we're going to need your help. So go to seedandspark.com, search Stocking LeVar, as in LeVar Burton, and you'll find our project. Listen, if you can't donate, it's okay. Just follow and share. That'll help us out a whole lot. And then if you can donate, as some of your fellow Geekscapists have, we'd appreciate that too. The campaign's going to be running for a while, so I really, really appreciate you guys checking it out, and enjoy the rest of this show. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. I hear a voice in the morning, now she calls. 